brothers and sisters, welcome to the 75th annual Hunger Games. This is the quarter quell. I'm not sure uh, what special event. I guess we're going to have to reach into this index uh, box here. Let me, uh, this box of index cards to figure out what the, what this quarter quell is going to be. Oh, uh, banana bread. Start with two. Oh, sorry. That was my recipe index box. Uh, that was pretty good, right? Was that like a good? <laughs> Bishop Jensen is not impressed. <laughs> I'm like surprised you're not a dad. <laughs> yeah, the humor lockdown. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. That was pretty good dad humor. You know, um, I was walking, I was walking with my son actually. He said, Dad, you know what the strongest muscle is in the human body? I was like, I don't know, son, what is it? And he said, Well, for you, it's probably your stomach. It's <laughs> wow. because like my stomach's big that's so funny that's so good what a good burn yeah. uh oh that's funny um okay well yeah welcome everybody i am elder jackson we've got bishop jensen here and we are joined once again by brother the brother of jared uh, I feel like you and your wife are like taking over the podcast. I love it. Uh, you guys are you guys are honestly crowd favorites. People have like really enjoyed all of the episodes featuring the two of you. So welcome back. Thanks. Uh, I love to. It, it's great to be back. It's it's funny how it just started from like a, a small thread comment mm-hmm. to like now just like it's been like our favorite podcast. It's just you can't. I mean, it's just, it's just super awesome. I'm not, I just can't. It's uh, super incredible. I'm glad you guys like it, and uh, I'm glad you guys make great guests as well. You're a lot of fun to have on the show, <laughs> and we enjoy chatting with you guys on and off the air. And today, what we're talking about is missionary work, because every member is a missionary. And I want to start off uh, by bearing my testimony about an experience I had recently. I got a message, or no, worse than a message. I got a friend request from a sister missionary. And I i mean, okay, when I was in the church, you get friend requests from the missionaries. And it's like, okay, cool. You know, they're fellowshipping the members. They're becoming friends with the members, getting to know them, right? Because uh, that's how missionary work is a success. You know the members, you build a relationship, blah, 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 whatever, right? And so whenever I'd get a, a friend request from the missionaries that I didn't know, I was just like, oh, well, they might have thought I was in their ward, right? I'm in YSA. I float around a little bit. And then once I leave the church and I still get friend requests from the missionaries, I kind of think, oh, okay. You know, like we have a hundred mutual friends because of YSA um, and we know all of these people. They probably think like, oh, this must be another person in the YSA who I just haven't met yet. Obviously, they didn't check my Facebook profile because, like, the only thing on there is my post about leaving the church. (laughs) But they send me a friend request, and I always just delete it. I'm like, I don't know you. I'm not interested in the church. Delete. But this one was different. And you might be wondering, Elder Jackson, why was this one different? Well, it's because this sister missionary had a video on her page. Because every time I get a friend request, I go and check. Well, this sister missionary... Especially like, if they're sisters. Es- <laughs> no, I do it for everybody. I'm You're e- like, hey. I'm an equal ladies. opportunity stalker, okay, Bishop? Flirt, flirt to convert, flirt Want to me convert. to rock your testimony? <laughs> exactly. Show so, you my CES letter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
okay uh, i'm like trying to see like does it work eh, it's not great but you know i i think we're along for the ride so uh she has this pinned post on her facebook profile and it says hi there if you're wondering why i sent you a friend request check out this video and i'm like well i am wondering why you sent me a friend request thank you for checking and i watched this video and it, it's like five minutes of her talking about her dog and how much she likes her dog which everybody likes dogs right so relatable so i keep watching and then she's like I want to share it. And then it like gets dark. They like darkened the lights in the chapel. And she's like, I, I want to share a message about my zombie friend, Jesus uh, with you. Um, no offense to people who still believe in Jesus. That was a joke. No, right? all offense. Or- intended. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so she, and then I like that bothered me because like that felt scummy, right? Like, have you guys gotten messages from, missionaries like just like sending Um, you friend requests and stuff has that happened to you yes because i rent out my basement to them i mean okay yes you know okay i guess (laughs) so maybe uh brother the brother of jared is a better person to ask (laughs) i've definitely gotten a few some from like missionaries i maybe even saw once Mm -hmm. or maybe just like they're the new missionaries and and I guess my records haven't been completely removed because I right. still get communication from them. Right. It, like it was a hit or miss that they would actually get them removed completely. But I do still get sometimes messages or invitations mm-hmm. to like these big YSA meetups. Right. And I've messaged back saying, Hi, I appreciate the invitation, but no thank you. Yeah. And then when the new elders come in, I'll get the exact same invitation. And yeah. I'm like, something not being passed along or yeah. what's going on. You should let them know too that you're married. <laughs> like also oh, yeah. I'm married. <laughs> um, I, like when I got married, I remember asking to get taken off the uh, IRC, like mm-hmm. the Institute. Regional mail. council. Yeah. The mail letter, the newsletter. Yeah. And, uh, and then the head of Institute emailed me. He's like, Aunt, uh, Bishop Jensen, what's going on? Notice you want to be taken off the newsletter. I said, I'm married. I'm not coming to Institute anymore. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Um, I just want to see if I got that. I think I've still got the email. Nope. Don't. <laughs> deleted it. Still got the email. That was like yeah. 100 years ago, Bishop. Uh, I, know, I just like don't delete anything. Okay. Well, right? I do. I've gotten in the habit of uh, doing some tidying up. <laughs> right. Anyways, so I like this felt scummy. Like, here's the thing. If if missionaries showed up at my door, if they knocked on my door, I'd let them in, I'd give them snacks, I'd get them water, you know, hey, yeah, you know, how are things going? You know, where are you from? I, I'd talk to them and I, I'd say, hey, I'm not interested in the church. We're not going to talk about the church because I, I will destroy your testimony. But <laughs> um, but like I, I get what you're doing is like a hard thing. And so come in and take a load off, right? But doing it over social media just felt gross. Like, do you guys... And, and so I reached out to a bunch of active member friends to find out what how they perceived this. Like, because I just couldn't... Even when I was in the church, like, I can see, okay, knocking on somebody's door to share a message. I, I can get that. But, like, co- contacting them over facebook like out of the blue like a stranger 
Do you think that feels more scummy or am I just like an old person who, you know, doesn't like the new way of doing things? I feel like they're just, it's kind of like they're rickrolling you, you know, hmm. like uh, I personally don't like it because if I don't want you coming to my house, for instance, I probably don't want you messaging me, you know, yeah. it, for me, it, at least for me, um, seeing missionaries just having that platform available is just weird to me. Yeah. That's something that I never even we got nothing like that. So right. right. I've been more like against it um, because it's just I was always taught, you know, any kind of um, entertainment usage was just bad if, as a missionary. Right. So I haven't even been able to comprehend them now being able to, you know, use smartphones. It's just I can't. It doesn't make any sense to me. Right. So my my sister is part of a pilot program on her mission. I think would have been around 2018 where they were piloting using social media. Mm -hmm. And so everybody in their mission had to buy a tablet or an iPad or something like that and have church lockdown software put on it. And then the pandemic accelerated this, mm -hmm. I think. So I know the missionaries in our basement, I guess Facebook only lets you send like 40 spam messages a day. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so during the pandemic, that was their only source of uh, finding or contacting. And so they would just, they would spam their 40 messages and then cut our grass and read scriptures. Wow. That was all they were able to do. And then from what I heard was they were actually having more success messaging strangers on Facebook than what they were from tracking. Really? Is that like contacting like pure numbers or, uh, or, or like does, does that account for like the ratio of how many people like they were, they were teaching more lessons on zoom from people they contacted over social media. Right. The lessons they were teaching when they were finding people face to face. Right. So they, that ended up like it ended up becoming that the pandemic is actually a blessing. And this is how the Lord's going to accelerate his work in the last days. Kind of is by killing thing. millions of people, people yeah. Yeah, to create like, this instead of just like, giving I mean, revelation to the prophet and saying, Hey, yeah. you should use social media more. Yeah, like Wendy Nelson gives her story of how like he was prompted to clear his calendar like a month before the pandemic, but wasn't prompted to like restructure where missionaries go. Right. So they ended up having to lease uh, a full Delta plane to evacuate all the missionaries from Southeast Asia. Right. Like <laughs> it's, it's so it's so vague. It's like it's like wow, what a what a blessing that the Lord gave me a helmet to wear so that when I, you know, fell off my bike, I, I didn't hurt my head instead mm -hmm. of being like the Lord just being like, hey, by the way, you know, that hill's kind of slippery today. Like, watch out. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. The Lord works through, uh, through policies like you have to wear a helmet. Kind of <laughs> yeah. 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 God's a bureaucrat. Yeah, we've established this <laughs> in prior prior episodes. He didn't have um, the paperwork <laughs> to stop the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he didn't. Know, yeah, or Satan got the right form notarized for cursing <laughs> the earth with a plague. <laughs> like what? <laughs> but yeah. I think you guys kind of remind me of um of the missionaries. I so I preach my gospel came out in two thousand four. It was pilot tested previous to that in certain missions. And I went on my mission in 2006. Mm 
So I kind of had the last few stragglers who had started with the program prior to preach my gospel. Mm -hmm. And then there were also like myths of people who knew people who, whose brothers had done the pilot programs in other missions. Mm. And, um, and so everybody who is new getting into preach my gospel, we were all part of the hype machine, but then there were some of these old, older guys who are like, no, 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 the purple dinosaur. That's what they used to call it. The manual is purple. Mm. So they called it the purple dinosaur. They're like, no, the purple dinosaur was perfect. And everything you guys talk about and preach my gospel, we had that all in the purple dinosaur. And we were just, we weren't teaching memorized discussions. It was like this part of the marketing, I guess, was that like, I remember Richard G. Scott being like, no more will missionaries give rope presentations, but they will now be able to speak from the heart bearing their testimonies so we'd be like yeah missions are totally different now we just speak from the heart bear our testimonies and everybody with the purple dinosaurs like we spoke from the heart and bore our testimonies they're like i after i pass up they'd have to memorize and pass off their discussions in zone conference or something mm -hmm. they're like as soon as i memorize them and pass them off in zone conference i just use my own words like i never taught a memorized discussion right and now you guys remind me of those old guys you're like the dang social media and the youth corrupting the youth. Yeah, but like, <laughs> well, and so that's that's what I was wondering about was like, and because yeah, like we're we're used to having people come to our door, right? Like door to door mm -hmm. salesmen and stuff. And yeah, like you turn them away, but you can see the human there, and you're like, okay, you know, have a nice day, like see you later, right? And they also have like the license to be doing that, right? Mm -hmm. Depending on where you live, that might be required. But then on social media, most of the like messages I get from strangers are scams, right? So yeah. why like so it just I think I feel like like I was almost when I when I got this message and stuff, I was like this has got to be bad for the church's image. I'm like, they should stop. No, like, don't, don't do this. This, this isn't a good look for the church. Uh, because like, that's like, that's what I immediately associate it with. Like a stranger is messaging me and wants to talk to me about Jesus. Okay. I, people like it didn't do a lot for our image to knock on doors. I don't think. No, obviously yeah, and, not. Like and irritate people on their weekends. And right. The church doesn't care about, because the converts they care about are the missionaries right. themselves, I think. And and so the harder, more difficult, and weirder they make you, the more of a persecution complex you build so that when you come home and you're extolled as this hero, you're like, it was all worth it. And that right. wicked, wicked world will never understand me. Right. In my humble opinion. So it So it's better for the church's actual goals, but not better for their stated goals. They know that retention is shitty. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They yeah. know that converts don't stick around. Yeah. They they have to know that because, well, like even our mission president told <clears throat> us that. He was like, uh, one year ago, this was our, this was the attending population of the church. You know, it's 100,000 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we've had 2,000 baptisms and our active member participation one year mm -hmm. later is like declining. Yeah. So how is membership declining despite so many thousands of convert baptisms? Like they know. Yeah. Yeah. I I believe the, the last time I heard a statistic thrown out about this was for every four members that are baptized, five leave the church. 
So <laughs> there is a there is a there's a, a yeah decline definitely. Yeah. I think they said what well, I think it was like two thirds of youth or young men are deciding not to serve missions anymore. Yeah. Um and I two thirds in mean, Utah are deciding yeah, Utah. not to serve missions. Yeah, that's and even, so yeah. I, I mean I feel like in a sense like because I see the, because I see the church, you know, more as like as, as an institution and kind of more as a cult. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in a sense happy that they have more freedom to be on social media, mm-hmm. but at the same time, because of the way I was taught, um, it's hard for me to like accept it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know that I guess that's my my biggest issue because at least now they have. I mean, you know, for instance, they can talk with their families once a week. Or for me, it was twice a year mm-hmm. if the opportunity was available. And if not, it was, oh, your dad had a heart attack? Well, you can write him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was just situations like that. So, I mean, I guess I would prefer, if I didn't want someone coming to my door to send me a message, I can just block him, continue with my day. But I guess a part of me still is kind of, I don't know if I'm upset or just kind of more, it's just a new, something I guess new to me, I guess. It's mm. definitely something different. Like what made you feel like it was so icky, Elder Jackson? Uh it's cause it was like it, like I I left the church. Like I left it behind. And so then this it felt less like somebody trying to reach out to a member to befriend and more like I'm just a stranger on the internet that they're going to contact. So this was the first time you were a non-member contact. Like, yeah. This and wasn't I was, a reactivation I was, visit. Yeah, no. Like, I was like, is this what that feels like? Like, I don't, why? Yeah, it felt invasive. I was like, I am only friends with people I know on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, so to have somebody contact me like that, like, especially, especially because it was like just a friend request and then they had this video and i think the video almost made it worse because it was like get to know me a little bit okay now that we're friends let's talk about jesus you know i was like mm-hmm. oh i don't like yeah i don't know it it felt it felt icky uh but maybe that, maybe you know maybe it's also because this is my first like interaction with missionaries after leaving the church like Maybe when they knock on my door eventually, I'll be like, this is creepy, guys. Like, yeah, please leave me alone. I mean, because when you try to explain missionary work to just normal people, they see it as what the hell is wrong with them? Right. You know, what what are they involved in? Yeah. And when I see missionaries like out just proselyting, I, you know, I, I cringe and I feel bad for them. Yeah. Because I'm like, man, like I... I'm sure the mission helps people in like it's in some way, shape, or form. I after leaving mine and having time to reflect, I'm like struggling to find out what positives were there really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do they really counter the neg- negatives, all the suffering? And when I was a member, I'd be like, oh yeah, for sure, yeah, no, it was all worth it. But nowadays, I'm like, no, it was not worth it. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. So. I don't know. I guess it's good that they have more freedom, but I don't but know. Also, just... also, even with that more freedom, like this is almost a more menial, menial task. Like I talked to a friend of mine. She just got home from her mission like a month ago. And I asked her, I said, well, okay, you, you were there. Like you were only on your mission during COVID. 
tell me about like that experience, you know, and, uh, and tell me about what was it like doing this social media contacting? And she said, oh, well, you know, there were all these rules around it. We were only allowed to do it for 20 minutes at a time. And I had to like switch it up in a certain way to make sure I wasn't feeling fake. And it just seemed like, oh, like every, every 20 minutes you sit down at your phone and you have to find people what scrolling through, you know, you know, friends of friends to try and reach out to these people and send a message. And how are you? And let me talk about Jesus. And she, she said that she had to start the conversation and then lead into, into Jesus. And sometimes there'd be creepy guys and then she'd have to (laughs) be like, no, no, no. Like I'm, I just want to talk about Jesus, you know? And it's like, it just, I mean, it sucks for the missionary. It's creepy for the person being contacted too. And uh, yeah, it just seems like another menial task that the church is giving young people in order to, um, in, in order to get them in and, and get them attached to it. Right. Yeah. It's, and it's interesting that you bring that up because I heard from a, a, a friend who served his mission, I asked him, so like, what do you guys, you know, how do you guys handle all this, you know, Facebook stuff? And mm-hmm. he says, well, actually our, our mission president, he, you know, he says, I want you guys to each join random Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be church related. It could be a, a Facebook group about cars, a Facebook group about models, a Facebook group about wood making, whatever. Mm-hmm. Join them and try to, you know, don't start off as like, oh, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ, because then they'll immediately block you, kick you out. They want you to kind of befriend them as if it was a normal contact. And then once you get them in, hey, do you believe in Jesus? Because I do yeah. or something like that. You yeah. know, so they're just they're changing their tactics yeah. to a more to a more social approach. Um because you know, COVID, they because the church has to get its baptisms some way, yeah. shape, or form. They gotta was- get their numbers uh that was what like the missionaries in our basement were told to do and i there was this one missionary who was really really into kite surfing so he was from he was from oregon uh so yeah he loved kite surfing on the coast and so i was just like looking up kite surfing groups and i came across this one i guess famous kite surfer it's a woman but she always wore like thong bikinis Mm mm-hmm when she do her kite surfing me too and as far as 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 do i when kite surfing of course <laughs> yeah um but she, like as far as i could tell she's super talented but so i just started sending him these videos <laughs> <laughs> of like this girl kite surfing in a thong and be like hey have you ever thought about joining the bc uh kite surfing group to you know find converts and stuff like that <laughs> that's pretty funny so for sure for sure there's some like just when you meant the reason why i thought of that uh mr the brother of jared of the brother of jared was that um <laughs> was when you're saying like joining a facebook group about models i'd be like yeah really i'm looking i'm looking in the vicky's secret uh, Facebook group here. It's for Yeah, I think we might find some strong converts here. Perhaps, I mean, Jesus sure. worked with the sinners, right? Yeah, right. Like, he was. Boom. <laughs> that yeah. was one thing. Okay, so uh, Rami Umptum Ruminations just did a, yeah. a three parter with uh, this guy who worked in like the research division at the church. Mm-hmm. Really, really cool few episodes there. 
it's like episode 57 to 59 or something. And uh, he, one of the things he talked about was they did a survey on how, how are uh, young men finding, how are missionaries finding pornography through like, through the firewalls that they have set up on their phones, right? And mm-hmm. one of the missionaries said that he went into Google Maps, went to like, uh, went to like strip clubs and stuff, and then uh, looked at the pictures that people <laughs> like uploaded of their experience at the strip of club the strippers at to the strip club. Google Maps. Right. And I was, I just laughed out loud. I was like. These missionaries, these four guys, they're like so horny, so repressed and just like have nothing going on, totally bored that mm-hmm. like Google Maps is where they access pornography. I was like, wow. Uh, I, so I, I thought that was pretty funny. I guess the Facebook <laughs> groups are a great, uh, great oh, yeah. way to to find what they're looking for too. But yeah. Um, one of my buddies who the same guy he used to i asked him so like i mean because he was kind of i i could tell he was gonna be one of those kind of like not 100 percent following all the rules and he told me yeah if we ever we would have movies on our phones i'm like well how would you do that he said google docs mm-hmm. he says the church cannot as much as they want to they can't restrict google docs so you have this thing i think they call it like the white binder mm-hmm. i don't know what the name of the file was but it's like a file that all these missionaries would start to compile like movies, mm-hmm. um, sometimes pornography, um, you know, the topic essays, whatever they could find that was like forbidden and they would pass it around. And it was really hard to track because it's on Google Docs. They couldn't just mm-hmm. be like, oh, it came from this source. It was just kind of like there. this is how you got that stuff around. Yeah. So and he would tell me it's like the way you would know if a missionary was cool is like you would kind of test the waters right mm-hmm. like maybe you watch something that's maybe not 100 percent of the church but somewhat related and if the and he was telling me most missionaries nowadays just don't care yeah you still have the few that are very mm-hmm. but he said most of the time they just watched whatever he said he had rick and morty like mm-hmm. all the seasons mm-hmm. and i was like oh my god yeah <laughs> like i think the most non-moron material we had was Oh, it was 13 years. No, not what was it? Well, no, sorry. It was um, 17 miracles. We weren't technically that allowed the to have least that Mormon thing you had. Yeah, I love it. That's so funny. Do you yeah. know, one of the funny loopholes that like the missionaries have is at least the ones like serving in our mission is that they both have phones, but only one has a SIM card, like a mission. Approved right. SIM card yeah. With a phone number that works. Yeah. And, and it's so, attached to the area like they have to give it. Yeah. Back to the next person when they get companionship that comes in. So all the text messages that come through the missionary who has the phone, like the senior companion has to read them out loud to his companion. So I did that like with the missionaries in our basement suite. I just text them dumb shit because I knew they had to read it out loud. And then I just listened for them to laugh like five seconds later. Right. (laughs) That's so funny. But But then if they message over Facebook messenger, they don't have to read it out loud. Yeah. Right. They, they can text whoever the hell they want and say whatever the hell they want over Facebook messenger. Yeah. But if it comes through the SIM card, then God cares. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because I text them over <laughs> Facebook messenger, dumb shit. And I wouldn't hear them giggling. And I'd be like, did you read that out loud? And they're like, no, we don't have to on Facebook messenger. 
<laughs> well, it's, it, it's because Mark Zuckerberg's uh, lobbyists have reached heaven and have have tamped <laughs> that <right>. down. <laughs> like Facebook Messenger is is bulletproof, apparently. Yeah, that is so funny. Do you know? It's like it, the church. The church is like grasping at straws, trying to manage all this stuff and keep people under their control and uh, get people on missions. Right. Like Mm -hmm. there was that state conference. The guy was like going on a mission isn't a choice. You committed when you were eight, when you got baptized, like, yeah, okay. Uh, I got baptized and I didn't serve a mission. So oopsies. You're Um, also no longer a member of the church. No longer a member of the church. It's amazing. It's almost like that didn't matter. Um, But like people figure it out, like Mm -hmm. the, especially the next generation Every single one of my friends that I that I talk to, uh, who has siblings who are you know uh, under eighteen right now, they're all like, "Oh yeah, they know." Like they they know it's all bullshit, and they they're just waiting until they turn eighteen, and then yeah. and then they're done. Whereas yep. you know, for me, I was like twenty five, and I'm like, "Oh, maybe this isn't you know, maybe this isn't up to snuff." Um, but yeah, people are figuring it out younger and younger and younger. I had three friends message me this week saying that they're done and, uh, yeah. Right on that. I think so. Like one thing I've noticed, like with employing younger people now Mm -hmm. is, um, and maybe it's just cause I'm getting old, but it seems like there's not as much deference to authority. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you have to beat them up. Like punch them in the face verbally <laughs> to get them to respect you. It's almost like it's like prison rules with some yeah. younger people. But part of what I think that is, is that they've had access to information at their fingertips since they've ever encountered an authority figure. So every yeah. time a teacher says something, they can challenge it Yeah, at their fingertips. They've been able to <clears throat> challenge every authority figure. And so in a very, very authoritarian church, I don't know how they'll be able to keep control No, without yeah. like, brutalizing people like that's the only way you can stay totalitarian once people it's the same thing with the printing press right it's like oh Mm -hmm. shoot people can read now yeah everybody's gonna read crap and so um i i think that's probably going to be the case with you with the youth like if i had access to as much info on the internet and all my friends knew all the things like what we had that was anti was it was restricted to to baptist pamphlets yeah Yeah. so already the source is questionable yeah right but if you had as much like just scholarly articles or people pointing you to the journals you'd be like uh this confirms all my worst fears about the church yeah i mean (laughs) even even for me when i when i was starting seminary uh i think the ces letter when did that come out like 2013 yeah some something like that somewhere in there yeah, so like I was almost graduated high school when when the CES letter came out, and when it came out, I remember my seminary teacher talking about it and saying, you know, hey, there's this thing. I'm just going to talk through some of the claims that it makes, and we're going to, you know, dis- discuss it. And he kind of gave some apologetics to to calm it down. I never went looking for it. I I didn't read it until like a year after I decided to leave. Um, but, uh, yeah, cause I, I felt like I had gotten answers to those, to those things. Um, so I was kind of like in this first wave of inoculation and it was like an on the fly thing. 
and I still left and everybody, everybody else is still leaving, right? Like they're seeing through this because, okay, congratulations. Like, especially they have, they have access to this stuff. You put the, the letters, like how many people have left based on like the church essays, mm-hmm. right? Like they read oh, that yeah. and they're like, oh, oh. Even, even if they knew about it from a young age, like I, I remember like knowing polygamy was a thing, you know, since I was, you know, uh, like 11, right? Like I've always kind of known about that. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as, you know, you read the church essay and it's like, oh, she was 14. Mm. And then you go down that rabbit hole, right? Like the, well, like the essays are just a gateway. We, we had that anti-info too. But it was just kind of, like everybody just kind of shrugged it off and still did what they're supposed to. So, mm-hmm. like being in a young men's group with age brackets, you know, there's I can remember there were all the guys who were in priests when I was in teachers, right? Mm-hmm. And then when I'm a priest, they're coming home from their missions. And then when I'm a priest at 16, and there's some priests who are 17 and 18, they're my friends but they're a little older than me. They're starting to go on missions. Mm -hmm. So there's like two years of my friends who are going on missions before I even leave. Plus there's all the guys who are four and five years older than me who are starting to come home and talking about what a great experience they have. And then everybody else is talking about how much these boys transformed into men on their missions. Mm -hmm. And so now it's, it's like the whole bubble is just buzzing about missions. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, how can I not go? All my friends are going, all these guys I looked up to went and are coming back now. Um, I don't want to get left and, and everybody's talking about how amazing they are. Mm-hmm. So I better get going. But if the whole buzz was everybody talking about like, did you read this in the CES letter? Did yeah. you read this in the gospel topics essay? Mm-hmm. Did you read this? Did you see this thing in this, in the Joseph Smith papers? Like, did you read this in rough stone rolling? Be a totally different atmosphere. Right. And I think it's just going to be like, uh, like the dams breaking mm-hmm. and, and there's just going to be this, well, that's what you're seeing. Like two thirds of, of, young men aren't going on missions in Utah. Yeah. I, I feel because youth are so much more informed nowadays, way more outspoken. Mm -hmm. I feel like the church's greatest enemy is itself Mm -hmm. because they try so hard to baptize and retain youth Mm -hmm. and youth are the ones who are fighting against everything that's going on. I feel that because a lot of the way, all the, the bad things of the church or the way the, the leaders right now are acting and saying, I, one of my quotes I always tell my wife is, you know, so from, from Star Wars from Kylo Ren, he says, it, you gotta let the old things die. Mm-hmm. I feel once all these leaders who have these crazy mindsets, just not saying I want them to die, but I'm saying, but once they're no longer leaders and the youth are now, you know, in charge, I feel like things will definitely change. Maybe for the better, if that's what people want. But I definitely feel like the more youth, the more um, young people are learning, like that they're the ones who are leaving in masses. It's not really, mm-hmm. you know, older people. It's I mean, there could be. I don't know. But from what I've seen in my experience, it's younger people who are learning these things are saying, well, I didn't. This is this is I'm not going to support this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that for me, that's a very huge positive for, I guess, my generation or whatever, or the younger generation is that. They're leaving because they themselves are taking the initiative to like learn all this stuff and then seeing, oh, this is not something I need to be affiliated with, period. Yeah. And just yeah. like if you if you think about the great institutional failures over the last twenty five years, right? So twenty so 
I can vaguely remember a time when people trusted their accountant and their banker, mm-hmm. right? But after Enron, which may predate you guys, was like the late <laughs> 90s, right? Mm-hmm. So Enron was a massive accounting scandal, followed shortly by WorldCom, which was another massive accounting scandal. Um, and, and people's retirement incomes evaporated. Um, then you have the global financial crisis where now, so first accountants are ripping everybody off. Like the most boring profession ever mm-hmm. is full of criminals. Then bankers, the second most boring profession in the world is all of a sudden full of crooks. And then you have this war in Iraq that nobody really, and Afghanistan that nobody really understands how they got into, but they vaguely remember something about George Bush and Jesus Christ, but it's gone on for 20 years and, and there's thousands of us soldiers dead and they don't know why they're there. And then Donald Trump becomes president. And, and so somebody who's grown up in the last 25 years has massive institutional trust issues Mm -hmm. and a huge access to information that nobody else has ever had. Mm-hmm. There is no way the church can maintain control of its youth without becoming an extremist organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think like if you think about how ignorant someone, how willfully ignorant somebody needs to be to remain a true blue member of the church. Yeah. They're, they're a stone's throw from white supremacy. Cause I mean, I've or even militant Islam, Islam. I, I, I've seen a lot of people um, that that I know go from this really intense true blue Mormon to this very nuanced, oh, I'm not sure about that. You know, yeah, like the Book of Mormon didn't happen. Okay, but this is an area I can do some good. And, you know, I've seen so many people go go that way. So I think, and then and then a lot of them, like a couple of my friends th- this week who decided to leave, that's where they were. They were like, we don't confess anything to the bishop because who cares what he thinks? Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't, like, uh, like we, we don't care too much about the word of wisdom because, what, like, whatever, right? What is that? <laughs> they're, you know, they're so just, like, nuanced members, right? Like, and then, and then they realize... Oh wait! But all of these things that the church does, these are all cult tactics, and then and then that's what got them out. They were already like letting go of everything. They already were mm-hmm. like Book of Mormon didn't happen. You know, Word of Wisdom doesn't matter. Throwing out all of these things, and and then they're like, oh wait, but it's not really a great space. Like I don't want to be part of this, and then and then they leave. So I think if the church does change, it's going to be too little too late. Like either way, if it becomes more extreme or if it becomes more progressive, it's too little too late. Like it's, it's done. Like the, the, Oh, sorry. Go ahead there, brother. Oh, you're good. I mean, it's going to be like a side note, but if you want to go, that's okay. No, no, go. Yeah. I I demand that brother, the brother of Darren goes. As your priesthood leader, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so as a I, I don't know if you guys knew this but right now the the church is having you know no success no growth in anywhere but africa mm-hmm. and i learned that surprisingly you know about you know all this information that people now have nowadays that the church isn't teaching the members the new converts about black people not having the priesthood in mm-hmm. the 70s so i'm like 
I mean, it's literally a ticking time bomb. As soon as yeah. they find out, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how many people they baptize. They can baptize half the continent. Yeah. But as soon as they find out, like people here have, and they're just prolonging the inevitable. You know, it's just they're trying so hard to stay relevant in an ever changing world. Yeah. That it's just you know it, it doesn't you know it's just it's just not going to end well. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if, if if the church was like oh man, San Francisco is the next great place where we're going to grow. They would immediately change their, their policies about gay people. They, they'd be like, yeah, we love gay people. We always have. I don't know what you're talking about. Like if that's <laughs> where they saw, you know, the future tithing money coming from. I mean, and it, it's crazy because I remember growing up, it was always like the church is growing so fast in South America. You know, these people hear these stories and they're like, that's the stories of my ancestors, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it was always like this big, big thing. But yeah, now even in South America, it's like grinding to a halt. Because mm-hmm. Yeah, because like people have caught on. And now their latest grift is in Africa. And they're gonna catch on. Yeah. Like One. the church set it up, set itself up <laughs> as racist towards everybody except for like white Puritan Americans. <laughs> so like they, you know, they got their base here. And then once that base started figuring things out for itself and trying to decolonize, then they started moving on. And then they're like, okay, um, hey, we're not racist toward uh, indigenous peoples anymore. Like, hey, like South America, do you want to get baptized? And then they're like, oh, wait, but you are racist. And like, this is super racist. And this isn't my history. And then they're like, oh, Africa, we're not racist toward black people anymore. Like, yeah, okay. They're going to figure it out. And yeah. yeah. So missionary work. The way I would see Africa going is that the church comes into these African countries, it sends the youth on missions, which teaches them some life skills, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they come back, they can get into the BYU pathway program. They can do some online courses uh, for relatively cheap at an American university. They can get a degree from an American university. The church is going to, I think, pull some people out of poverty in Africa in some very meaningful ways. Yeah. Um, and I think for those people, those first couple generations who are pulled out of poverty, they're not going to care that the church was racist, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. But because so it's this interesting thing where the church really does push. It genuinely pushes education and self-improvement. Yeah. yeah. But by becoming educated and improving yourself, you will find out that the church is full of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> right? And it's like, oh, what do we do? Because we genuinely have this mission and this kind of like white pilgrim uh, heritage of like pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and being independent and gaining as much education as you can. That's, that's I say, very much an ethic of Mormonism. Yep. And, and they take that to the world. And then as soon as people educate themselves and better themselves they're like oh like i know of i know of somebody uh from haiti who got some help from some members of the church uh to come go to lds business college Mm -hmm. so he left haiti came over to lds business college and then uh he was like a friend of a family friend and before i knew it we found him on the ex-Mormon subreddit, like when Exmo selfies were a big thing a couple of years ago. Yeah. So it was like, as soon as he got over to the States, had a better life, 
he was like, wait a minute, the church, like everybody in Utah is super racist. Mm-hmm. And it's because the church is super racist. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm done with this, but I'm sure when he's in Haiti and the church is giving him the opportunity and members of the church are giving him the opportunity to get out of Haiti. He's like, church is the best thing that's ever happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, is I don't think you have to, you know, look at every moment uh, in the, in the church with like negativity, right? Like, I had a I had a great time as as a member of the church, uh, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of fond memories of those times. But also, it's not what it claims to be. So, like, and I and the truth is important to me. Like, I care mm-hmm. about that. And so, like, I don't know. Like, I would just feel dirty if if I stayed. Um, yeah. And and I think a lot of people feel similarly. And we're gonna continue to see. That happened. So yeah, I guess a couple generations of growth in Africa, and then uh, and then generation number three is going to be like, oh, ew. That's <laughs> yeah. what it, like imagine it'd be similar to Latin America because I don't like the church does more humanitarian. From what I've heard, is the church does more humanitarian work like in North America than what it does in some of these impoverished countries. Yeah, but I think it does do a bit of good. Yeah, and I think for some people, they're probably better off learning how to be white business people by going on missions and, and serving in the church. They're probably better for it. Uh, but then a couple generations, it's like, oh, now my life, like my family is no longer in poverty. My life is good. I was born relatively middle class or upper middle class or something like that in the country I live in. Now I'm just looking like the church's traditions don't matter or mean anything anymore because I'm not reliant on it. Yeah. Like I know people who like, the church was paying their rent for nine months and they were living off of food orders and stuff like that. I don't think they'll ever leave the church Yeah. because when nobody else was there for them, the church was paying their rent. Yeah. Yep. So I don't care what Brigham Young said 200 years ago. Did you pay my rent? Nope. Yeah. The church did. So I'm good. All right. Good you've converted me. I'm going to get rebaptized. No, but I'm just okay. saying, I'm, I'm going just, back. I'm going back. Like, you can finish up this episode. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm done the, being an expert. When the church helps people out with survival needs, I'd say that's a pretty strong draw to a hundred percent. Like that would make me not care yeah. about church history issues. Right. If yeah. the church paid my mortgage for 10 months, 12 months, mm-hmm. I wouldn't care about polygamy or anything like that. Yeah. What is it? They say context is for Kings. <laughs> that's probably what they want to do with africa you know because i feel like they see the members as you know you have americans coming with white shirt and tie it's like oh well they're coming from the united states they must have they be successful in some way shape or form mm-hmm. and now they're coming here you know they give them the promise of education you know something that i i don't know but it could be it's very hard in some countries to get one and so you know because byu has pathway and all this mm-hmm. um I know they offer it up to everyone, so maybe they're going to use that as a, you know, I don't know. I see it as a Trojan horse to get into their homes. Oh, 100% absolutely, it it's a Trojan horse. <laughs> yeah, but it's a nice horse. It, it, great horse. <laughs> it's not the horse. Like I remember Slaps when rump. They, it's a great horse. Like when it started, they were pushing it hardcore in our ward, and we were having like all these fifth Sunday meetings on it and sacrament meeting talks on BYU Pathway. Yeah, and we're kind of we're in a relatively affluent area, uh, well, country. Yeah, first off, right, like in one of the most educated countries, in one of the more educated cities of one of the more educated countries of the world. Everybody's looking around. They're like, 
what the hell is this thing? Yeah. I don't like, I already got my undergrad or I got my master's. I got my trade certificate. Yeah. I got my thing. I got a career. Like, what the hell am I going to go to church night school to study the Book of Mormon? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. Nobody understood it, right? Yeah. But then when I started learning about it being this really a missionary tool in impoverished countries, it was, oh, it all makes That's sense. That's what now. it is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, this has been a great conversation. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, everybody, you can follow us on social media. Just kidding. We don't do that. Uh, you can. Uh, follow the podcast give us a like give us a review uh, a great review preferably maybe a negative one um that that's that's fine we're just and hanging you can so. send us an email at unmormon at gmail.com and actually one thing that i've seen in the last couple of emails is people being like i feel so nervous emailing into a black box i check that thing like multiple times a day and i think i reply to everybody so just imagine the sweet sexy voice Bishop Jensen replying to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bishop Jensen is in charge email. of the email. So yeah. if you're trying to get a hold of me, good luck. I am a mysterious figure who has no presence online other than this. <laughs> Just kidding. That's the biggest lie I've ever, ever told. I'm very popular online. Uh, anyways, uh, brother, the brother of Jared, any final parting testimony? Hmm. Not really. It just, um, I guess, for everyone who's listening, um, I mean, just always keep an open mind. If you are a member or not, you know, just if it if it makes you uncomfortable, it's probably a good reason why, you know. So I don't know. Like my wife always says, follow your heart. <laughs> follow your whatever. heart. Yeah. If there are members listening to this, I'm very mm -hmm. curious to hear your feedback. Because uh, be this is very much not like a dip your toe <laughs> into the waters of ex-Mormonism. This is, we're ex-Mormon. We're done. Uh, yeah. There's prerequisites for this podcast. Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> have to already have binged uh, at least 20 episodes of Mormon stories. You have to yeah. be familiar somewhat, at least, with RFM. Uh, and spend copious amounts of time on the ex-Mormon subreddit. And then, uh, yeah. and then this is the, I've already made up my mind to leave the church. Yeah. I'm not looking for fat. We are like the, the John Stewart of, uh, ex Mormon podcast. <laughs> Do you remember? He was on, this was like years ago. You guys might've been like five, but he was on Bill O'Reilly and, and Bill <laughs> O'Reilly's like criticizing him. And he's like, are you kidding me? You're Fox news. The thing that comes on before me is Muppets. <laughs> like <laughs> we are not the same <laughs> and so no we're not we don't fact check anything we don't try to be uh i don't try to be objective and i don't try to be factual this is 100 percent editorial yeah if you want something intelligent that stuff's out there this call's about to end so we say these things in the name of jesus christ amen it was great chatting amen. with you guys <laughs> bye bye